0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of Midweek Metagame. I'm MTG. joined by my two regular co-hosts, Padre Robertson.
1: I have returned from the dead.
0: And Gabriel Nassif. You you forgot I'm your
2: host, HarryMTG, joined by my two regular co-hosts. I get upset whenever you just
0: don't get it right. I think maybe we should restart the recording. <sighs> well, well, well. I'm not restarting the recording because I actually like my intro but gab you won the modern challenges past weekend on saturday so obviously this week we have tons and tons of moderns to get into i've been playing a load of Merktide past been playing a load of Merc tide so what a surprise a lot of the modern sections should be on Merc tide we're going to do a little breakdown of the deck i believe as well as i've obviously been playing a bit of jund and other decks and whatnot i've also played a bit of legacy and gab's played a bit of historic maybe we'll sprinkle that in somewhere we also got uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt spoilers to talk about. We might get into those towards the end. As always, though, if you want to listen to anything specific, timestamps in the description of the podcast, check it out there. Don't listen to anything uh, specific. But also, the podcast is brought to you by Card Market. They sponsor us. Shout out to them. They are uh, a marketplace online to buy anything card game related. So if you want to buy any magic singles, magic sleeves, accessories, it doesn't even have to be magic. It can be Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, any card game. Go check out Card Market, cardmarket.com or cardmarket.eu. They're amazing, and I use them a lot. I should also say we have three new Patreons this week. Y'all have been killing it with the support. Love you. So we got to say thanks to Scott, Daniel, and Tribun. Thank you so much for supporting the cast. And, uh, yeah.
2: Scott, Daniel, and Tribun, thanks for uh, supporting us. Really appreciate
0: it.
1: Yeah, thanks very much. It's been really cool to see a whole bunch of people rolling into the Discord over the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, it's insane support. And I guess if you also would like to support the podcast, no pressure to do so, patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. Best place to get involved, get into the Discord, get chatting, whatever, up to you guys. But um, what is it? We have some modern to get into. Like I said, Gab, you won the modern challenge. You won it with Blue Red Merc Tide. Why don't you give us a little breakdown of the event and your thoughts?
2: I don't know, I think it was just it was just too free for the bean this weekend. Oh.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Please don't no, talk about that shit No, either. no, no. i will actually start restart the episode because you just said that. I don't get this joke. Everyone comes in my Twitch chat and says free for the bean. Where <laughs> where did this come from? I think it was just Spike Plinks
2: against someone called Juju Bean, and I think Spike said, you know, they, they kind of nudged Spike and Spike was just like it's too free for the bean. Anyways, it was an advantage. They said
1: it in the chat themselves.
2: Um, they uh uh, uh, self-proclaimed self-proclaimed too free for the (laughs) vein. Which is value, I think. Well, anyways, it was too free for the head this weekend. You know, (laughs) I did my classic, not wanting to try one of the best decks in the format for months, and when I finally did, I, I just loved it. I thought the deck was great. 6-2 Six two in the challenge, five two in the challenge last weekend. No top eight, but the deck felt really good. I felt like the the list and especially the sideboard could maybe be a little refined. Played a uh, played in a prelim, you know. My only my only loss was uh, like stupid mistake. I guess that was after the challenge. Anyway, yeah, didn't play Saturday. Played on Sunday. Same deck. I made a few changes I wanted to make, and um. Yeah, just won it all. I won I, I lost once in the Swiss against Blue White Curion. Curie playing his trademark blue white Curion deck. And I thought I was uh, you know, I thought I was gonna get knocked out in the quarters because that matchup when-, when he beat me in the Swiss, I think it was a a, a 2-0, Did- didn't feel like super good. They had like verdicts, brazen bar to bounce my creatures, verdicts, cheap removal, path and ending i think maybe even restoration angel to ambush my my challengers and i think he actually made it as one of the five twos one of the two five twos uh as the seven seed and i was the two seed and i was like oh god you know the only i get paired in the quarters against the only deck i lost to so i was a bit down but then i i was able to just two of him i guess you know that kind of deck showed it's it's limits where it's not as consistent as a, a deck like Blue Red Merktite. You're playing 80 cards, you don't have a little cheap cantrips, and you just, you know, not as, it'll clunk here, and if you don't draw exactly what you need, maybe it's, you know, maybe the matchup wasn't that bad anyways. It's pretty um, interesting
1: to see the difference between 80-card deck and, a, like, a 40-card deck, essentially, which is the Blue Red Merktite basically is.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, I barely. I don't think I actually changed the main deck at all. I went was the the free Serum Visions, the the one spell pierce, the one explosives, free counter spell, two charms, and then the rest is all four ofs. And uh, I like it, you know. I tried in a prelim. I tried a Jace over the second charm, and while Jace was kind of okay, I think every time I drew it, it was worse than charm. And just shows you just how you just want to keep the curve low. You know, I saw I, I, one of the questions I get a lot is, is Vision worth it? You know, it's super tempting to just add a land, go up to four counterspell, maybe add an Archmage Charm or a Brazen Bar. But at the end of the day, you're playing four of, of all the nut cards, Bubble, Heat, Chandler, Thoughtscar, Bolt, Ragvan, Iteration, and and Regent. And then the rest is just to to run out of deck. And once you've you've run out, you just play these serum visions because they're just nothing better, you know. I mean, maybe if you're playing a very specific metagame, you can feel like you need a brazen bar or second spell pierce, maybe an extra removal spell. But I think that's what makes this deck so great is you're really just playing four of all the absurdly efficient and good cards and Risk just a bunch
0: of cantrips. I think that's something I wanted to talk to you guys about if we really are breaking down the deck. um, In the uh, group chat that we're in, you know, Pat said, Oh, we should try sleight of hand over serum vision. So I played the challenge this past weekend as well. I went one, two drop, but today I played a league back with the same list I did in the challenge, five owed. And uh, I really like Sleight of Hand. I just want to give my, I guess, my quick opinion on it, because I feel like Serum Visions is a card that sets you up for the next turn, whereas Sleight of Hand, there's a lot of draws or, like, m- spots where I'm in where I'm like, okay, I need a counterspell now. I need a removal spell now, because maybe you want to attack with your Ragavan or something. And I feel like Sleight of Hand sets you up for the current turn you're in, whereas Serum Visions, you're working to the next turn. As well as I hate Serum Visions and Thought Scour. I always seem to have the two and it's just awkward for me so well, that's the key, the key yeah. to
1: resolving that awkwardness is you just got Thoughts scar first
0: um that is true yeah but i mean the thing is it comes up like maybe i cast serum visions and i don't know all i'm saying is i feel like the scry is awkward and it's also quite slow in comparison to what we're trying to do right yeah
1: look i've i obviously haven't played any games with sleight of hand yet but I understand it in theory, and I I like the idea of kind of just essentially pondering with um with a dragon Race channel in play. The immediate access to something is, is is pretty pretty desirable in some spots. I definitely agree with you, Harry. But I think if you just look at the history of modern and the history of cantrips in modern, it's pretty clear that Visions is superior cantrip overall to to sleight of hand just based on volume of play that it sees. None of that it, you know excludes. It from being uh, exclusive, sleight of hand from being the correct choice in this spot, but I think just leaning on kind of like a historical precedent for Sarah visions being a better card is just you know, essentially how I, how e- my, myself and everyone else playing this deck has made the decision in the past or up until this point in time. I do think that you can be patient with this deck, and that's something that you know we can get into uh, uh, you know over over the course of the podcast as well. Is that this deck isn't about just hitting a curve and like getting under them and staying ahead like by inches the entire way you can play both ways it can play a kind of patient game setting itself up and in those spots having access to a card like Vision is actually really quite powerful whereas whereas of pan can you know seeing one less card is 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 exactly that it's 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 one it's essentially one it's one third worse more or less and yeah, it just depends what way you think think the deck is is playing. And there are definitely matchups where I go, damn, I really wish that, like, I, this was pre-ordained, essentially, when I'm casting Visions, But, you know, you can't have everything you want. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably a coin flip, honestly, all things considered. But right now, I think the metagames is at the point where it's favoring you playing for a slightly longer game than playing for a shorter game. And so Cerevisions feels right to me on the surface.
2: Yeah, I like Serum Visions better, I think. Obviously, I haven't tried Slide of Hand. I've played that card a lot, though. I like it. But I think Serum Visions is better when you keep a one lander. You just see one more card to your land. I think the layering was... Chandler is super nice. I love that you get first a Surveil, then a draw, so you get kind of filtered that, and then you get to Scry 2 again, which is just you know exactly what you want you don't want all the survey first or all the surveil first or all, all the surveil after and um i feel like sleight of hand doesn't do that as well you see one less card in the mid game and i actually don't feel like you're very often needing to draw something for the specific you know for that same turn that you're usually have you don't really run out of gas but you just want to make sure that you know things stay smooth so I, I have a hard time believing Slide of Hand is going to be better than Serum Visions.
1: My, my level of confidence is slightly less than Gab's, so much so that I actually bought four copies of Slide of Hand on Card Market. Recently. Look hey, at me chilling,
2: chilling hey, like
0: let's go. Come on. No, I, I, I really like Slide of Hand. I think for me, I feel like a lot of board states now in modern, you your Ragavan isn't getting killed anymore, it's just getting outblocked. And I feel like Uh, it helps me act in the turn now rather than set up for the next turn. I don't know. I feel like in Modern, if you don't do anything impactful every turn, your opponent's just going to untap and then pull ahead. And I feel like Serum Visions for the next turn has just been weak for me. But I'm obviously a bit biased because I did 5-0, right? So who knows?
2: I I just won the challenge, and I also 5-0 late this morning. (laughs) I'll re-raise you
0: a challenge
2: when um to your league to your league 5-0 you know i i will call your league 5-0 okay. and, and raise your challenge win i like serum visions there's also spots in the in the in the meta where they attack you as a goblin guide you can set it up you know they have ragavan uh, that happened to me today i was able to put a, a useless counter spell on top and then the land i needed i i really like Serum visions i was you know when i when i saw them i i, I was a bit sceptically know, it's like well every mana matters so much i'd rather maybe just play more cards that do something than spend a mana cantripping but i feel like the these serum visions that are not you know something else is one of the reasons why the deck's been playing out so nicely for me um but
1: yeah yeah i mean this is not not part of the serum Visions that's a slight of hand debate debate but that slot that Serenvision Vision should, and I've seen people devote it to various different things, like it can be more Archmage's charms or it can be more spell pierces or whatnot. And I think the making sure that those slots of sorceries is quite important. What, one thing that I think is uh, doesn't get talked about very much, and one thing that I have been experimenting with, is not playing the full set of uh, Thought Scours. I actually, I mean, I'm probably like one of the biggest Thought Scour fans in all of Magic. I just think the cards are absolutely broken it kind of adds mana and draws draws multiple cards essentially if your deck's set up right but i had exper- i had like considered like going down on numbers i'd like had leagues where i trimmed one so i was just playing 3 and i also had a league where i was playing like two copies and two opts just to see if i was missing it if I, if i missed it that badly but um do, do you guys think that's a just a a sacred cow for the deck because i, I if you if you look forward to kind of the new set coming out there's, there's a there's a brand new cantrip that's like it's opt with surveil that you know, in theory it looks like it should go into this sort of deck but where do you find space for it and if you want to keep the sorcery count high do you start cutting into uh thought, thought scour territory
0: is that something you would be willing to do the thing that the thing is you're just cutting your nut draws right because there's so many draws where it's like fetch lamb bobble thought, scour, turn two, murktide. I feel like this happens quite, a, it's worth it, I think, to have that draw consistently in the deck, as well as, like, for example, today my opponent had Rest in Peace post-board, and Step Brazen Borrower bounce it, and then I, I double Thought Scour. Uh, and then, obviously, I cast Murktide. So I feel like it's, it's an explosive card, and it helps you refuel. There's so much main deck graveyard hate. Now, as well, i'm I'm bumping into, and like for example, an endurance out of the Elementals deck. I played against that twice in my league today. uh main deck endurance, and that was annoying. Also, it, it helps you speed up in the mirror. So I think you you have to have four. I would I personally would never cut down on it,
2: yeah, I, I can already see cutting down on it as well. Maybe if the new the new office surveil is really good, maybe trim you know one or two certain visions because you want to keep some amount of sorceries in the deck. And you know maybe trim one Tharskar like, but uh, I've I've really like the card. I'm not a fan of the card. You know Tharskar in general. I feel like it's really weak weak card if you're not really abusing it. But this this deck does that uh, well. And I feel like if you started trimming down, you would get a lot of spots where getting surveil less. You know noticeably so not enough cards for Regents, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Yeah, I think that that's something that I felt once when I made this made this change was that my Merc tides were a little bit less 8 8 or 8 8 a little bit less often than I wanted them to be or the second murk tide was hard to hard hard to make into a, a threatening size or you know turning on the, the mid game delirium after I've done something like like Harry's describing like cast an endurance and reset my graveyard was a little bit a little yeah. bit more challenging than I would have liked and although on the surface that doesn't seem like a massive change you do really wind up missing that just seeing cards that it's, that it's that idea of kind of it's a nebulous kind of concept of like card velocity you just see so many cards in this deck even if you're not like you don't have access to casting them you literally they, they just pass through zones that you have some amount of ability to interact with them and then just seeing she, the sheer volume is really impressive of thought go. I know you haven't been a big fan of the card in in, in the past, Gap, But it's all in in Dex the Delve It is just its ancestral recall slash black lotus is my uh, my favorite way to describe it.
2: Yeah, I haven't liked it. in you know when people have Snapcaster in their deck, but not a ton of other uses, or you no know, cards like it's a reason when, like cards like Peak Thoughtscar. The card selection is so important. These cantrips are kind of a bit too weak for modern, but this deck already has so much of that with the, the bubble tricks, the surveil, the channeler, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously it's also really hard to flood and uh, you, you don't you don't notice as much the kind of lack of card selection and sometimes it still is, you, know, you can bubble yourself, pause Car. I don't know. Um yeah, card's really good in this deck, obviously. But um, do you guys threatened, think we threaten yeah. to
1: go deep, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about every can- drip in great detail. <laughs>
2: yeah. What do you guys think about maybe even trimming down further on counter spells and charm maybe play a second Spell Pierce, so for serum vision or is there other cards I know you you' still like the one brazen bar I played the one explosives you played the one bar you you
0: still you still high on that that one of I really like the one of borrower because um uh, I feel like a lot of draws you can be so threat light it's like the three one body is really good feel Like you chip away with Ragavan, and your opponent would be normally like 12 life, um, with fetch lands and shocks included, and it normally steals games. I had a match against um Grixis Luris, bounce something, I think a Leyline line of the void, bounced the Leyline, line, flash in the borrower, and attack f- like five turns in a row, and they couldn't do anything because it was uh, yeah, they couldn't kill it so. I, I just like it's an extra threat. I, it's it's less that I like the bounce, and it's more that it's just nice to have a flyer in and, and kind of an over, overpriced bounce. That's that's why I really like it. There,
1: there are two parts of borrow that I really like. One of them is me being a huge coward and wanting to kind of like cover all answer to things that I don't really expect. And the other half of it is having access to a threat in my deck that is just agnostic to graveyard hate or interaction, which really comes up a lot post-border. And it's, it's one of the reasons we kind of, you know, that I've been advocating for Jason in this deck, at least in the 75, for for a long time, is having access to a kind of non-targetable something that's hard to target in, in terms of kind of uh, hoses. Essentially, uh, post board is quite quite valuable. So having just that just that one different set of threats post board, like it doesn't die to engineered explosives. It's not easy to prismatic ending it dies essentially to the same things that Ragavan and Channeler do, but it, it just gives you that little bit of flexibility. But I'm also not so wedded to the idea of having it in my deck that um, that I th- think it's a mistake to cut it. And I think that you, Gab, playing Engineered Explosives over it is actually perfectly sensible, because they more or less do the same thing. You know, explosives are an answer to kind of unforeseen threats and unforeseen problems, uh, whereas same with Borrower.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think honestly, I feel like Archmage's Charm is 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 the weakest card in the deck for me. I feel like I'm I've always got a handful of one drops that I want to cast and removal spells, and Charm is like that expensive card that normally just makes me sack my treasures to cast. I feel like, um, what is it? I I personally don't like Charm. I just play it because I don't know what like I. I feel like I never draw cards with it. I'm all, It's a three-mana counterspell to me. Like, I draw cards maybe like 20% of the time.
1: I've, I draw cards with it quite often, and I'm just not particularly afraid to do so. I guess, like, Gab's question was, like, how do you feel like trimming down this expensive stuff? Mm. And I think that... It makes sense if you really knew that the format would be narrowly revolving around certain things. Like, if you thought that the format was really about... You know, interacting with combo decks and i think archmage charms unnecessary but having access to that kind of versatility and that extra little bits of card advantage give you a huge leg up in the mirror versus control decks and all this sort and all, all nature of decks that are trying to grind with you so much so that I, I just don't think you can although it might not be the best choice you can possibly make fair you know, I, I range a range of given matchups, I think you lose a lot by not having access to that if you cut it from the deck. Like, I think if you just went like, okay, cool, I'm just going to play like three Spell Pierce, three counter spells, no arc mages Charm. I think you'd be sitting there on hands of Spell Pierce so often being like, fuck, what is wrong with me?
2: Hmm.
1: And that's something that... Yeah, all the, the, you know, there'll be matchups where you feel like an absolute genius, where you just like, you know, threat Spell Pierce, your th- Spell Pierce, your removal, untap Spell Pierce, your, you know, Spell Pierce, your next spell, all this sort of stuff, and you're just like, I'm just... You know, my deck is a well well machine, and your deck is this clunky kind of ter- terrible machine. Uh, <laughs> it's an t- awful, awful analogy, but um, <laughs> yeah. But, but I think that yeah, the alchemist charm like you you gain so much by playing a little uh, small price in efficiency. And again, I, it also matches nicely with pl- plans post board as well, where you're you're less reliant on having a one drop in your open, or less angling to have a one drop in your open and get under your opponent. You're you're trying to go toe to toe with them. Uh, in terms of card advantage and killing them in the light game.
2: Yeah, I do agree. I think Charming Counterspell might be the two worst cards in the deck. I could see trimming one of them for maybe a second spell pierce, as I said, or some, some other cheap cheap card. But, um yeah, I, I really like this main deck. I mean, I barely I got it from you, Pat, and... I've basically changed what just the one one explosives for borer. And I, I'm yeah. not even like super married to it, but I think you do want access to like uh, free copies, maybe even four hammer times per powder after sideboard. And just, you know, kind of that main deck card that's really, really strong right now, Rhinos. I haven't really had the pleasure to run into main deck chaos of the board recently, but that would probably be a nightmare. So having that all that extra answer. Um, yeah,
1: I definitely think the the EU is almost about as much about having a 16 sideboard card as it is about having uh, the perfect main deck card. What, yeah. One deck, one thing I wanted to uh, we haven't we haven't really discussed very much, or at least uh, hasn't been covered today, at least. I, what about Snapcaster Mage? I mean, none of us play it. It seems to be the default s- card in that slot. Like most people are playing like one or two Snapcaster Mages in their decks when they top out tournaments and stuff like that with this, but. I really don't like it. Gab's obviously never gotten around to playing with the one copy in the deck, and Harry n- didn't like it either. I think your complaint was similar to mine, where you just a little bit taxed on spells in the graveyard and never really finding your way to kind of having four or five mana to do the kind of flashback counter spell thing. What do you think about, in theory, about count- about Snap custom Mage, Gab?
2: I think it's just kind of, you know, counter spell, Archmage, Charm type of card. Maybe archmage charm is a closer comparison because it's somewhat versatile and somewhat card advantage so yeah if you're going to trim a counter spell or a charm i think snapcaster is a, a good replacement um i'm not sure you want it in the slot of explosives because it's a bit clunkier so yeah i don't know one one copy is probably fine I, i'm not a big fan of snapcaster who's a fairy time raveler these days or ways to you know get extra value out of it, like a Loris too. That's another decent way to to get extra value, extra mileage out of, of your snapcaster mage.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it's very rare that you're killing anybody with snapcaster mage beatdowns in a deck like this. Even though it's the same size as Ravnovan, it offers none of this, none of the same sort of incentives, and the game just don't seem to go like that for me.
0: That's what, what I about- was gonna
1: say. What about second fiery islet? That seems to be a kind of ubiquitous thing other people play that I've just never bothered to put a second copy in my deck. I just have the extra fetch land.
0: Oh right. I play I play with two. I really like two. I get in a lot of spots where uh, I'm sack I sack them all the time. I feel like I sack it like every every three games, honestly. All the time I'm sacking them. Because the, I think I feel like you flood out towards the end of games most of the time. If you lose if you lose traction, you, you need to find that iteration on turn seven, eight, nine. And obviously that gets you closer to there. I've never had the life loss have be super relevant. I feel like right now in modern you're dying by like a huge chunk of damage or or you know, no one's chipping away really anymore. Um so I don't I, I really like it. I think I would definitely play two. Maybe I'd play more. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I haven't tried two. I've been happy with the one I could see the next from there's a decent amount of burn, honestly, uh, these days. Burn, burns back on the rise, whether it's kind of traditional burn or the, the kind of good card burn I, I like to call it was Ragran, Chandler, Bubble, and Lurus as a companion. You do get in, in some type spots where, where life matters. You know, I've won game at one life. I've lost games I won, you know, by one life, so... know, um, yeah, yeah, I've had to damage experience. that
1: up a bit as well. I, that's been half of my hesitancy to put the other one. The other one is just, yeah, do I really need to be hat, drawing... hat Having games where I've got like two copies of these in play and I've got three mana sources and two of them are islets, like I feel like those are the those those are the sort of things where you'll you'll lose games that you were gonna win otherwise with with islet There, it's not a it's not so much about the games where you have one copy or whatnot in it and I, you can I've, avoid tapping it.
0: But it's not even like that though. So like because uh, a Steam Vents is three life most of the time with a fetch land, right? So if you if you tap the islet, you have to tap it more than three times to make it like worse right it's a red source i think i think that you, on average you probably spend the same amount of life as you do a steam vents because uh honestly you you only have to take like three or four turns before the game is clearly over with See, this deck
1: I, I disagree i disagree with that last the last thing you said i don't think this deck is about ending the game on turn four or turn five it's not I
0: think I, it's, i'm not saying it's, and ending it's also the about game. spending
1: your mana every turn like all of your mana every turn
0: yeah, so you have three turns to tap it before it's uh, worse than steam vents. Yeah, so then it's worse
1: than steam vents, <laughs> where it could be fetch land, just go get a basic island, and it never deals you any damage, and also another
0: card for mercator region, and another card for delirium. All I'm saying is, I think I draw a card enough, and I haven't lost to it in like four or five leagues, yes. and I draw all the time. I think it's definitely uh, I'm. I might go up on it. I feel like the life loss is equal to the fetch right. land. If you want to
1: go up on it, I, I'll see you in the loss in, in the losers bracket. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's also worse when you're playing more blood moons. You two have had two blood moons for the most part in your sideboard, so that extra fetch land is is a big deal when when you're into blood moons. Yeah, that's another one of the reasons
1: I have the seventh fetch land is I just really like fetching islands and making sure I have hands where I can go and get second island reliably when I have blood moon in my deck post board. You and i having a, a little a little back and forth about that in chat the other day actually gab that kind of preemptively playing playing as on an drawing blood moon
0: i think blood moon is just good i feel like there's a lot of matchups where you know they get so many triumphs and you just blood moon and they lose so like a lot of control decks i feel like blood moon is just the nail in the coffin in a lot of matchup it feels like um, What is it, you know, Choke against an All-Islands deck or whatever. I, I really like Blood Moon. It won me uh, t- two matches today uh, against Elementals and uh, some other deck, but yeah. I really like Blood Moon. I am massively pro Blood Moon as well, and I, th- I think you're describing it as
1: Choke is a, re- a reasonable analogy because it's not so much that they, like, never fetch a basic and they never cast another spell. It's just them casting one spell per turn, is really like plays into your hands so well you just you just leverage that efficiency against them where you just cast two or three spells and they're just casting one thing a turn having to try and like you know get it through your counter spell or your spell pierce or your mystical dispute or whatever or just casting it into your removal spell and it just doesn't place place so well whereas if they're kind of going like your know, two spell turns or three spell turns and leveraging the kind of power of their you know, you know their, their spells cost more mana and are more powerful like, i I bring it in so often. If if anyone's looked at my sidebook, guide, it's just it's it's always coming into my deck and I know the Gab's kind of a aver- a aver- has an aversion to it, but yeah, I, I really like Blood Moon I'm with Harry.
2: Uh, I've been liking the Blood Moon. It's it's been decent for me. I feel like it can be a little lackluster against Strong. But uh I think yeah. it's actually and that's kind of been true for a while now in Modern. It's at its best not against Strong, but against
1: definitely. It's big range
2: yeah. Actually, one thing. So you, you've you've got one, at the moment. You had like
1: one Blood Moon and two Alpine Moon, and the Alpine Moon's something really important to me. And just over the last kind of couple of weeks, I've realised that Blood Moon is just an awful card against Urza Saga. Like I can't really have it in my sideboard, real, expecting it to be the card that uh, that saves me against Saga. And so yeah, I like having that mix of mix of Blood Moon and Alpine Moon. to to solve multiple different problems
2: yeah why don't i go over my current sideboard that i really like Um, nothing too experimental right now it's two relic of progenitus two torpor orb two explosives so up to three two alpine moon one blood moon two more spell Pierce, one mystical dispute one force of negation one threads of disloyalty one chase so i got rid of the fluster storm progressively i kept you know getting paired against these these decks that not only had instants, but also had Teferi and Ren, and Flusterstorm was sometimes pay-free more, but not, not very often. Um, there's also slightly less Cascade decks in the last couple of weeks, even though I think Livingin did, did win the Saturday challenge. Uh, Torpor Orb's really narrow, but elemental. I'm 0-3 against it so far, even though the last match I lost was to my own doing. But uh, it was also against Canister, who I believe was not playing any copies of Kevin of Souls, or he never drew them in the in the long match we played. But um, I think that had to do with the fact that our match was close and actually had a shot at winning. So...
1: I think you Kevin know, of Souls is probably the most dangerous card they have for you. It means that you can't play a kind of... You can't just sit back and not let them resolve the kind of things that really hose you. Like, if you if they never got an Omnath in the play and got to stick an Omnath in play, then mm-hmm. it wouldn't really matter that they solitude and ephemerated you. It doesn't really matter. You just grind them out with expressive iteration and counter some key things and then leverage your mana efficiency. But when they just get to resolve all the spells for free, then it's just a nightmare.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, you got the two relics. It's a card, historically, I've always hated. I think it's always super awkward where it's in blue-eyed control, when you don't want to play, all oh, rest in peace, you know, you want to kind of mix and match um, in other decks. You know, I think it's almost always worse than spell bombs or soulgat lanterns. But in this deck, it kind of makes sense. In this deck, this meta, you know, against the the red-black deck you play it on turn one. Against a Renan six deck, it's kind of nice. A lot of decks super rely on graveyards. These goofy Renin six base decks, et cetera, et cetera. I'm assuming it's really good in mirror. In the mirror, I haven't really played a a mirror wizard yet. And it also kind of can screw you over, but it can pump the Murktide region in, in, in the mid-game. So it does sound really good. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not super sold, 100% sold because I haven't played with it much, but I think Harry has, and he he's really liked it, right? What, Relic?
0: <laughs> yeah, Relic. Yeah, I, I really liked Relic, yeah, specifically because of just how it pumps Murktide. Um, I feel like no one's really, like, uh in the format i feel like no one's really forcing you to sack relic really fast i feel like just tapping it against these graveyard decks normally does the job a living end opponent can have quite a nutty draw but i mean if you're bombing their graveyard right you have time to rebuild so i feel that's why i really really liked it and and the the pump comes up all the time Relic target myself exile an instant or sorcery Merktide on the battlefield triggers boom yeah,
1: yeah. the the, merc, the the sizing of Merktide is such an important Subgame, especially in the mirror, that having access to a card that can sit and play and kind of keep their Merc tides under control, but also if they do land fight eight eight tides that let your Merc tides grow over theirs without obviously having to draw multiple copies of the card, is just a huge benefit. It's it, it's kind of innocuous. It doesn't do much, but on on a surface, but it, little bits chip in together and add up, and I think it's really good. And obviously, it acts as a bomb against you know, Dredge or Living End or whatever kind of like graveyard-centric strategies there are. I I, I really don't... I've never liked Soul Guide Lantern in this deck or in any in decks in general. I, I find that having to sit there and wait for them to put the thing in the graveyard that you want to get rid of and then cast your thing and then do you exile the graveyard, do you cycle it? Here you kind of get to have your cake and eat it too. You can play it on turn one when you've got mana available and it just sits in play, chips away at the graveyard. And if you really need to bomb the graveyard, well, you still get the draw card too. Sure, it costs you your own your your own graveyard progression, but that's kind of on you, right? You get to make the decisions for yourself. Whereas yeah, I well, think Lantern's uh, a little bit too reactive, you know.
2: Lanterns, yeah. Lantern's good with Loris, and yeah. especially if you play a Lurus deck that doesn't have access to Black. Yeah, that's definitely it's it's definitely got that place in the Lurus, in the Loris
1: shell. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's like per- it's that it's good for another reason there, not because of its efficiency and power as a graveyard head spell.
2: Yeah, so there's there's two more explosives. I think it's the best card bearing on against hammer time. I've tried a braid, a braid's just way too clunky. You just can't afford to pay two mana to kill what's going to be a one mana permanent all of the time. It's just not worth it. Explosives just awesome against them. Um, there's other mashups where, I guess there's not a ton of mashups where you bring a, a second and third copies against maybe creativity decks. It, it's kind of nice, kind of unclear. Can also get rid of a Renin Six once in a while um, against these Goif explo- uh, Gouv and Six deck as well. Kind of okay. It, it, it clears their their Urza, you know Saga token. Maybe one or two copies in some of these matchups. And um, two Alpine Moon. We were talking about it earlier. You know, Patrick was saying Blood Moon's just not that realistic against something like Hammer Time to. Uh, to uh, screw their Saga over, you, you need the, the cheapness of Alpine Moon. I haven't got it paired against Greentron either ever since I played against it, but Blood Moon kind of hurts you as well. It's not hard to get in a spot where you have Blood Moon against Greentron, but you only have two islands in play. You can't keep Counterspell mana up while casting iteration, or you know can straight up not cast your Archmage Charm. So I think the 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 mix is nice here. I think Harry, you have two, moon, two, two of each Moons. Do you ever any matchups where you ever bring in all four?
0: A lot. Any saga matchup, I bring in four, Tron, um, basically saga or tron. That's it. You bring in two blood moons on the draw against that John Saga deck. Yeah, it, yeah, Blood Moon's so good against John Saga. So good. If if it lands, you like, win.
1: I like saga. I like Blood Moon and John Saga as well. I because really?
0: I've yeah, I've played so much John Saga. Anytime someone plays a moon, I'm dead you have like three like two basics and uh it's really awkward to fetch them as well that's the problem like you you're normally you can only really afford to fetch your basics on like turn like it's it's a renin six deck right and you don't really want to fetch basic swamp on turn one or two so that's why but uh yeah any saga
2: sure enough thought it was maybe overkill um
0: I really liked Mystical Dispute out of the sideboard. I put one in my sideboard today and I, I think almost every match I boarded it in. So I I think that's my favorite counter spell in the in this deck, honestly. That's been the most powerful.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a Mystical Dispute fanboy in this in the sideboard as well. I just like the flexibility. It kinda does does everything that I want Spellbears to do. Yeah. Uh, I I I'm still like Flusterstorm defender and supporter at the moment i guess i just play against rhinos enough to to want access to like that, that extra copy or the extra the extra Mana that is worth a worth of interaction but it is much narrower
2: i, I, I haven't played of rhinos. kind rhinos of i'm not playing
1: heavy uh, expressive creativity decks or whatever it's called
2: i yeah. feel like rhino's already pretty good matchup and. I don't should, know. Have you have, have you car- really played the matchup that much, Gab? No, um, but seems like your your cars line up well against them. They I, you have you like the rhinos, you have so many ways to deal with rhinos and the rest of their deck is not that scary. They they do get to play at instant speed against you, which is you know
1: it it, it, it counts for something. And you can get behind really fast against them. Like if, if they play at instant speed against you, like they just like turn three end step fire off, fire off outburst and then untap and have more rhinos. Like you can find yourself behind and it's quite hard to get back in those spots and they have borrow if they have lots of borrowers to interact with your Tides, then it can get really dicey trying to block block rhinos, especially in game one. but it, it does seem to be a match up, a match on the downswing like a deck on the downswing. so how much space do you want to dedicate to that is another story. I, I think that a card like Spelpius is worse in the mirror. I think that it's. I don't know, it's not really a card I'd ever want against like Grixis Lurus, to to be honest. Fl- Fluss is almost more So it's kind of a wash there. I think that you're probably right to be playing uh, Spelpiers at the moment, given that the Renin 6, Nahiri, Teferi, Time, Raveler decks are probably the most popular of the mid-range bluish matchups that you're gonna play against at the moment. That's probably the better the better of the two options there. I do think dispute's just about just about as good in that spot though.
2: Yeah, fair. I don't I'm not married to the, the third spell pierce so it's kind of I, and I wasn't too sure what else could but dispute sounds like it could be really good, especially if, you know, Merck type keeps putting up these results and, you know, we're hyping it up. Maybe some other people's are hyping it up. I saw a poll on Twitter today and, you know, asking what's the best deck in Modern and, um, I think Merc Tide was ahead by a decent bit. So dispute countering region being one extra mana might be might be the call going forward.
1: Yeah, I've ha- I've had two philosophers on to dispute in my sideboard for a fair while now, and I can imagine making some kind of modification to make it like disputes and spell pierces or dispute spell pierce force or whatnot.
2: Yeah. Um rest of the sideboard. The one force subnegation, I'm not too sure I have it. It's of okay i'm not too sure if it has a specific purpose i could see you know i feel like the counter spell suit is is up for up for debate and uh, after that i also have a threat of the solidity i've been pretty happy with that card it was against Goyf. i haven't gotten steal a Goyf yet but i've been stealing pure seal paladins or dragon rage channelers and that card's been been solid for me as well as the, the one jay's been really good so good that you know i've tried playing one in the main one in the sideboard two in the sideboard i do think just the one is what you want it's also a card that people ask a lot about every time i bring it in they're like why do you bring it in this matchup and i guess the answer is the games kind of slow down you usually bring in more removal and it, it dodges some of their interaction um, you know a lot of people are like oh but there's unholy heat etc but there's you know i mean your whole deck is a target for unholy heat so um, a lot of the time, you'll just play Jace, brainstorm, shuffle away, and it'll, it will die. But that's like the floor, you know, and, and the ceilings just just takes over the
0: game in in two turns. Yeah, I'm still yet to try Jace. I'm just so scared because a, a lot of my games, I'm getting stuck on two, three lands. I feel like it's hard to hard to cast. Like, do you ever get it's just stuck in your hand because you don't have the mana? Definitely, but not
1: that often. It's also, you know, with serum Visions in your deck, rather than Sleight of Hand, you can set up more, you know, s- set up future land drops a little bit easier. Uh, I think post-board, I'm a little... I'm much more comfortable with with just topping land in the kind of early game, knowing that just mana development's going to gonna, play in my favor. Yeah, I don't know. I think Gab's right. I think that uh, the one copy is about as high as you can realistically go like you probably want more than one copy but it's not like anywhere close to one and a half copies you're probably like one and a quarter copies or something like that and so you just gotta round down and play one and maybe try and find another slot to be to do that kind of i guess it's because it's like it's like zagging when they're expecting you to zig is the role of jace it's People are loaded up on removal for your creatures or ways to bounce murktide region or stuff like that and you're just like jace and they're like damn Or they have rest in peace in play and it's a fairy time it's a fairy time raveller, and you're like jace and like damn <laughs> they just don't really have outs in those spots i really i just i value the having that kind of flexible threat in the postboard game so highly but
2: yeah originally it was for Blue, blue-white control, you know, because they just had these verdicts that were pretty strong on you, and it was to have something to to punish them. You know, the delays that Wakfo popularized was a bunch of verdicts and no force of negation, and it, it was just that kind of trump card where you have a permanent that, that can punish them, but it, you just bring in a lot of matchups. I, I, I find myself burning out Counterspell in a lot of these, these Ren and Six, you know, these John decks, these Naya decks. A lot of matchups I at counter spell, You just want to be kind of more proactive, and not as reactive. Uh, and Jace just comes in. In these matchups, it's good against Hammerton because if you can deal with with most of their threats, their their creatures don't hit hard, don't have hazards. A lot of the creature decks right now just don't deal with with Jace very well. They either have creatures that are just one or two power. Uh, not a ton of pace creature, Bloodbird Elf is not a card anyone's playing these days, so Jace, Jace, you know, sure there's Unholy the Lightning Bolt, but in some ways Jace also lines up decently uh, against a lot of the frets the and the way the games play out. It's just always a nice card to have when you have so many cheap removal spells, you know, it's tried and, tried and true uh, synergy of cheap removal spells to protect your Planeswalkers. I think that's a really
1: interesting point that you're making about the threats not lining up very well against Jace. Yeah, none of these cards that are like if you if you're just thinking about the top five creatures or so in the format, none of them have entered the battlefield triggers, really. Maybe if you maybe ignore elementals, but sure they might cost for a little mana like this Dragon Race Channel or Ragaban and stuff like that. But even bouncing Dragon Race channel with Jace's good value. Like they still have to recast it and it doesn't have haste. And Ragavan doesn't kill Jace, so yeah, then there's like Timagolphs and Murktide Regents, all cards that look mopey against it, really. Yeah. And then yeah, like you said, just spot removal and and card advantage. It's tried and true strategy. What do you guys think of Bedlam Reveler? Is that a card you could see playing? What do you think of the card Murktide Regent?
0: I think it well, it's being played in the deck, so it's good. But do you think you could play Bedlam Reveler in this deck? Because that, to me, is what exactly what Jace is doing. Because you're, you guys are saying like, oh, you play it, you brainstorm, and most the time it, it can die.
1: I don't have a non facetious answer to this question. I don't think that I don't think Bedlam Reveler is a card that you want. Your your deck's has removal spells and counter spells in it. Post board, you can't really those cards are synergized synergize very well with. With Bedlam Reveller, Tide Regent synergizes terribly with Bedlam Reveller. Uh, I just—it's not not the place I would start looking for this sort of ability. Or I'm only that sort of attrition attrition threat.
0: I'm only thinking that because um, uh, what is it? I'm I always feel like I'm so threat light. Everyone just kills kills kills. Boom, and then I'm digging for threats. So that's why I love the Borrower. And I'm just I don't know. I feel, I feel like Jace is expensive and. Um. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I should probably just try Jace; would make my life so much easier because you guys talk about it every week. <laughs> it's, it's definitely worth trying.
1: Giving, giving, giving a world through a league. I mean, I I bring it in a lot of spots. So does Gab. I do. I do wonder. Like, I might have to go back and watch your watch. Watch your VOD from your stream today and just look at how you play these things because we often. When you de- you describe games that you're playing, they seem so different to how how games that I that I, I I've played with this deck go. I, it's just fair it's so infrequent for me that I'm playing these kind of balls to the wall like just cast creature cast creature cast counterspell cast counterspell games. And more that I'm playing like cast creature gets killed. Okay, cool. All right, settle in and kill them on turn 15 or something like that. When I play a slow a slow game where you chip them down. And eventually, like grind them out of removal spells, and win with the the last Ragavan or the last Merk uh, the last Merktide or the last Dragon Race Channeler. So there might there might just be differences in the way that we're going about things. I mean, there's some things work better for us or some things work better for you in various different spots. But um, I'll uh maybe maybe has some thoughts on the topic on the subject as well.
0: No, not really. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I pl- I actually played Legacy this week. I don't know if we have any Legacy listeners, but um, I actually played Merktide in Legacy, and it was sick. Like four days, four Force of Will, brainstorm, ponder, and you only have two Delvers because Delver isn't that good anymore. <laughs> but um, I really, I I actually have been starting to play a lot of Legacy, and I I really like this deck and. I think, honestly, it seems like it's one of the best decks. I feel like you have game against every combo deck. I felt like I was favored against Storm, uh, as well as I played against Lands. That was a buy. Lands just can't beat a Ragavan. You force of will there. Sorry, for, uh, I force a negation there. What's it called? Life from the loam. They could never win. They had, um, what is it, Maze of Ith, but you're playing Wasteland. Oh my gosh. Now it's actually busted think about it, you can play Wasteland and Ragavan in the same deck just like and the days your Ragavan never dies you play Ragavan you daze their spell you force a will their creature whatever that can block and then you just bash it and it was the easiest league i've ever played i think the online meta hasn't caught up with uh, this decks. if you want free tickets, I would honestly go play Legacy right now.
1: I, I feel like the online though, metagame has to move faster than any poss- any paper metag- metag- metagame for Legacy. But I, I know Legacy is this format that like I, I don't play often enough to have any comment on, but I can
0: imagine that everything you're saying being completely true, because... It was so broke. Everything was so broken. Like, I, I felt like 10,000 10, miles ahead of everyone. Just play a Ragavan and then you win the game. Or Channeler, think about it surveil one and, and crap like that brainstorm and then bin it with channeler oh it was so good yeah. like I mean, everything i've played over in legacy before it's it's a good
1: yeah. deck and way people and dazing people while you have a threat in play and then force of willing their thing it's just like it, it feels completely helpless and it's honestly one of the reasons i don't enjoy playing legacy because it's just miserable to be on the receiving end of it
0: yes yeah but luckily i wasn't but um as well as Gutshot is good as well. I played two Gutshot in the main, and, and I caught so many creatures. Just so, Gutshot. I, Gutshot is an interesting card,
1: because I've seen it come up in Modern, and been suggested in Modern a whole bunch of times, for decks that struggle to interact with Channeler and uh, and Ragavan, most probably most of the same reasons why I've been playing it in Legacy as well. It's... It's the kind of card that sees like fringe play every now and then in in the format when things line up just right but like free spells are free spells I, I, i'm wondering if it's actually a good card yeah okay. maybe even in like the
0: kind of like blue white control shells and stuff like that i this don't know about narrow, blue-white but, control like, it's pretty sweet i mean what's good about it is it's what it's a Renin six ping and right now you can kill risen reef uh teferi that's bounced um I think that, I think there's enough cards where it's, like, it's playable, but I wouldn't say it's, like, busted. To me, it, it seems like, yeah, I, I wouldn't play it. I don't like it. Like, it, it didn't even seem... In Legacy, it was good because you can just brainstorm it away if it's trash. You can't really do that in Modern. Modern just, well, I've got to use it as a one-damage surveil one. But, yeah, enough about Legacy. Okay, I got a bit sidetracked there. I think we should bring it back to Modern. Um, I actually did play more Jun Saga this week. One of my favorite decks in the format right now. It's a lot of fun. Honestly, any deck with Ragavan in it is a lot of fun. But um, Trunks 132 came in the top eight of the Challenge U1 gab. And uh, the, an actual interesting um, variation of this list is they're playing Fatal Push over Lightning Bolt, um, which is something that I actually played against. Maybe I even played against this person in the Swiss. So I'm not sure. I have to go double check. But one thing that this deck struggled with was to kill creatures that are blocking your Ragavan. Because you had the ping from Renin Six, and that was about it, uh, as to go along with your bolt if the creature was too big. So I really like the addition of Fatal Push. Um, but the games that I've been playing, like, the reason why I love this deck is you just play Saga and you don't have to cast any spells. And it was the same thing over this past week. I think I 4-1 my league, which is pretty decent, but honestly, um this is my second choice in the format right now. If you're looking to play like one of the best decks, I feel like it's like for me, it's Blue Red Murktide, and then Jun Saga, and then probably Hammer Time, and then the Cascade decks come close to it. Um but yeah, did you did you play against any Jun Saga in the uh, the challenge gap? Yeah, I was struggling against these these Struggling about
2: these Ren Goifs, whether it's Ni Junk. But I think I was mostly maybe running bad and maybe not playing perfectly, not sideboarding perfectly. And uh, I think these matchups are close. I think Merktide is slightly favored. I think one thing that could start hurting Merctide is if people adjust, you know, they start playing cards like Terminate in the main deck. We see Trunks has two in the sideboard, but none in the main. These, these small tweaks could could hurt you know maybe if people start playing more path to exiles again in their blue white control decks and maybe even combine them with a few field offerings you know we'll see but uh that that could start adding up and uh hurt, hurt your winoid with was Merc Tide.
1: i definitely agree with that assessment that these these decks do need to start making concessions to killing to killing Merc Tide. I, I like fatal push here i understand what it's trying to do it's like trying to trying to give give yourself time away, su- supremacy, and also gives you outs to cut, you know, killing stuff like endurance and stuff in, in game one. But yeah, not having any terminates main is, is, is pretty dicey at the moment. I think for these these John Saga decks, and one thing I liked about Curry Boy's deck here yeah, from 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 Gab Gab's top eight is is the inclusion of some copies of Path to Exile, like making that concession to actually making being able to kill murktide region it's something that i I thought we'd see more of it by now like this recognition that you do need to kill a big threat with a high casting cost efficiently and early
0: well i mean for me i i haven't had problems with Merktide. you got unholy heat in the deck and you got spell bombs so you can either get nihil spell bomb if the murktide isn't down or if the murktide's down you get pyrite spell bomb and heat spell bomb it so like also, Tarmogoyf is massive in this deck. In the late game, you got enchant Enchantment, Planeswalker, la- like, normally yeah. you can attack through their Murktide, so I personally haven't, like, been desperate for a removal spell for Murktide. What I was thinking more is that, against a lot of these Murktide decks, my Lurus is 100% to die or get countered, and they heat everything, so I wanted Coligan's Command so that you can, like, do, like, kill your Ragavan, I get get back my lures or or whatever that's what i've been thinking the deck needs more
1: this matchup is really interesting though from both sides i think it definitely does play a lot like a kind of you know you know, b- blue blue midrange deck versus like uh john midrange deck where it's it's a battle of kind of everyone's cards kill everyone else's cards and whoever's winds up having the most two for ones really wins but I just don't think you can realistically side against the deck that has expressive, expressive iteration in it. And when you're talking about trying to like put together ways to kill Merktide Regent, that's how you get yourself in trouble. It's so not a card that gives you gives you any time or leeway to to cobble together an answer to it. It kills you in two hits, and they have counter yeah. spell on their deck, so you can't like be like, oh, okay, it's okay. I'll set up to draw like you know my saga will go get pirate spellbomb next turn, that will let me on a holy heat plus pirate spellbomb there. Their murktide down. It just doesn't work like that. You're just gonna die. So I think that having clean straight up clean answers to Murktide uh is pretty much mandatory at this point in
0: time. Yeah, I think so. But I think like as well, you got Thoughtsees, you have so much you can disrupt them with Inquisition, like take their thought scour. I don't like you need kill spells for it and other goifs and stuff in the format, but um I don't think it's the end of the world. That's why. That's why this deck doesn't have terminates in it. That's why they did fine. I, I don't think it's like um, a huge problem.
1: No, for real, this is obviously a really good deck, and you can you can outsize Merktide if you really if you if you really go out anyway with Time of or so like big big Saga tokens in the mid game. But I think that two terminate in the seventy five is cutting it pretty fine, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I agree. I feel like a good reach and drawing game on is so strong against them and so hard for them to beat. It's tough. You start adding cards that cost, remember a spell that costs two mana instead of one mana, then you start suffering in other ways, I guess, and yeah. that's what's so nice about that blue red deck. Most most of the cards are just so cheap and just, yeah, that that deck just has all the best cards. Did
1: you see the the blue red moktide in fifth place has one main deck deck.js?
2: Yeah, one Jace and two Force of
1: Negation as well. I yeah, actually kind of like that
2: that direction.
1: They have committed the cardinal sin, though. They're playing three expressive iterations, so I just can't get behind anything else they're doing.
2: But yeah, I like that, the idea
1: of having, like, forces and Jaces and stuff that, like that, in, in that, your deck.
2: That, that. That does not seem reasonable. How did they make room They cut an iteration, cut a Serum visions, and they're not playing the spell pierce, so that's three cards for the two Force and the Jace. Yeah. Force Ragavan is, is still nice, you know. I, I wanna I want a game like that against Burn today, just turn one Ragavan on the draw, force their burn spell, on tap, kill their blocker, and that was that. Um, so I, I can see it. Do we wanna you know, we mentioned uh do do we mention five color, you know, kind of usual suspect, maybe. A couple blue red decks a couple hammer time decks a living in deck in the top eights this weekend um a rhino deck i think there was a there was a five color zoo deck it was kabu and rancor in the main deck if i'm if i'm not mistaken there was also a thing in the ice Grix's deck four thing in the ice four dreads down Snapcaster or lurus grixis deck so we we did see like Three newish archetypes or not very common archetype. There's also a, a blue, red, a blue moon deck, just four merc types, four snapcaster, one more, two blood moons in the main, and then four chump, four counter spells, still has the thought scours, etc. for a, kind of all that instant speed. No certain visions, just four up, four thought scour, which uh, makes sense, right? I like when you're playing four snapcaster mage, certain visions goes down in value, but um. Couple, couple couple new decks, or newish decks. So that was cool to see, because past week we've had a lot of diversity, but it's kind of always the same 9, 10, even 12, 13 decks in some ways. And I feel like that's the first weekend in a while where we have something a little fresh.
1: I've seen this Blue Moon deck kind of on the fringes, like, play against it every now and then in leagues. Sometimes it just absolutely destroys me in game one when I don't realise I have Blood Moon in the deck, and I just—I've just gone like, Spy Bluff Canal, Shock Land, and just, oh, oh, whoops. And um, it's definitely—it's definitely an angle, an, an angle you can take. It's kind of like a pre-sideboarded uh, version of Blue Red Merktide in a lot of respects. It's Probably not a very good matchup for Blue Red Merktide overall. Except it suffers the same problem—it doesn't have very many good answers to a, a Merktide that gets resolved, other than its own Merktide. What do you think of the card Spell Snare at the moment? That's the card that I've. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Spell S- Spell Snare overall, and I think that it, it does one really important thing, which is counter expressive iteration. But do do you think there's like space for that? That that is to be like a fringe counter spell that you play in, in, in your
0: in your blue decks at the moment. I hate playing it because I only like playing Spell Snare and Force of Negation decks because I feel like you can easily be so dead in a lot of matchups, and um, I feel like the heavy hitters in Modern right now aren't two mana. Not many people are casting Ren. You're, the, the only two mana spell you care about is Merc Tide, which you can't spell Snare. feel like, well, I guess, okay, you care about Expressive Iteration, but I feel like um, I'd rather have Spell Pierce or like Teferi Time Raveler as well. I'd rather have a, a less conditional counter spell than Spell Snare right now.
2: Yeah, I haven't been a fan of Spell Snare in a while, and I doubt this time around would be any different. There's a lot of spells. I mean, Iteration, Goeth, the Burn spells. You've got targets, but I, I, well, I've kind of been disappointing over, overall by Spell Snare in the past few years. Could try one copy, mix it up. Kind steel paladin.
0: I think the yeah. problem is most of the time I use my counters to protect my guys, and not many removal spells are two mana. That's what I'm mo- I dislike more. See, this okay. is this is us. This is us disagreeing. And I never use my counters to protect
1: my creatures. I saw yeah. everything die. Okay,
2: kind of really? a fair point. I think the hammer time uh, hammer time matchup can be tough, and being able to counter their They have Stoneforge Mystic, which has a come into play, so that's nice to counter. They also have Pure Seal Paladin, which kind of has a coming to play in some ways if they get to equip right away, so that could be that that could be a, a, a little tweak, just to keep the curve. Well, I could see it. You'll have to report, I'm sure you'll try it next time you play the deck. And...
1: I'll be perfectly honest, I've already tried it and I played the second one on my sideboard because I enjoyed it so much. But okay. I, I moved I moved off of that a couple of weeks ago at least. Just for variety's sake, but I have played one in the main and one in the board. That was kind of in the era where I was shaving down on um uh thought scales. Just fitting other stuff in.
2: Cool. Um should we move on to a little historic and spoilers maybe? Yeah, sure. why don't you give us a little bit of a historic overview
1: like what you've been what you've been up to just quickly and then we can go through a couple of spoilers that we picked out.
2: Yeah, I've been playing mostly control decks. I think Dragon Ray Chandler is also really strong. I've been somewhat impressed by Mono White Aggro. As for Sentinel and Thalia's Attendant or in Tuthal, that can be a pain when you're playing control. Uh, I had a little, something a little spicy the past couple of days. I've been playing Benelish Partisan, I believe the name of the card is. It's one of these special arena cards that can only work... Well, that one could kind of work in real life, but... Uh, Yeah, I didn't even know that card existed. I was going through the cards trying to see, you know, get all inspiration, and that card kind of strike me as potentially playable. It's a one-two lifelink for white and one. It also has cycling for white and one. And whenever you cycle a card, you can pay a white and one to bring it back from your graveyard, and it gets plus one plus zero perpetually, meaning basically you can cycle it on two. And on turn three, you can cycle a sensor, pay the two mana, and it comes back as a two-two life tapped. Though the tap is pretty big deal against aggro. Um, but uh, you know, I figured that card could could be good. You know, it, it seems really hard to beat if you're a control deck. You know, if you're playing a control mirror match, a Jeskai or a blue light mirror match, and one player has it and not, or doesn't, it, it seems really hard for the the player who doesn't to to keep up and um you know i played with it it was decent you do have a weird spot after sideboard where i think there's some matchups where you won. rest in peace the the super graveyard the uh, focus red deck They have chandler sometimes ox they have phoenix they have um you know i forgot faithless looting a bunch of these cards so you know the the one two. It can be a little slow. I think it's actually at its best in in the control mirror matches. But uh yeah, that card's been sweet. So that's what I've been up to, playing a little control to figure I want like to play for the Arena Open this weekend. Um, but uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I kind of want to try Monorad, uh, Monorad Seasoned Season Pyromancer, Dragon Rage et etc. Might give a mo- mono white a deck, uh, a mono white a try. I tried mono blue, just maybe some faceless save decks. You know whether it's Mono White, Mono Red, um, Mono Blue. It's it's tough, there's just lots of, lots of decks to try, I guess.
1: Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in that format at the moment. I definitely crafted a whole bunch of uh, Archmage's Charms and Seasoned Pyramans is preparing myself for fun things to happen eventually.
2: Yeah, the mana base is a little rough for Archmage's Charm. You can definitely play it, but it limits you a bit. You can't play, uh, you know, a, a modern style deck where you can reliably cast turn one Chandler and have Charm mana for on your turn free. But, um, you know, there's a creativity deck that was, that was doing quite well for a while, but I could see it struggling against control or once people adapt a little bit. Um, it seems like Jeskai Control is the consensus best deck right now, whether it's Magma gear health or not. But, um yeah i uh i'm I'm not too sure it it's been fun, but I don't have like you know great insight or anything I feel is really much better than the rest right now,
1: yeah, and it's not like there is like any tournaments between now and the well, since the release of all these new cars and this and the open on the weekend, so no one really got an idea other than Zansai kind of posting brags on his social media account about how. They should ban this creativity deck.
2: Yeah, that was does. I love Sam, but I give him a lot. Oh uh, shit, for that and
1: that was definitely a funny post. Yeah. Um.
2: But yeah, no, that's it for historic. Uh, I think Paty also wanted to talk about spoilers and discuss spoilers, maybe cards that could see modern play. Yeah.
1: Um, so you I got pulled, a few.
2: I, I, I pulled a few things out. Let me just.
1: Yeah, so yesterday, just before before I went to bed, I pulled out a whole, a few things off of the, the, the latest Innistrad set spoilers that I thought could potentially have some impact in modern, and I thought I'd just kind of put them put to the rest of the guys on the cast and see what they thought of them, and maybe you at home, what you think of them. Uh, this was not entirely up to date, so it's missed today's spoilers, but I will... Um, sorry, Champion of the Perished. So the one black... I'll, I'll go down and read the card... This is the uh, the zombie champion of the parish. So it's... uh, Where am I going? Right. through a bunch of secret list shit. All right, cool. All right, so champion of the parish. One black creature zombie, one one. Whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one encounter on the champion of the parish. This is obviously a, a very powerful card kind of in its human form, champion of the parish in the humans deck zombies is this kind of like fringish archetype in formats like modern and pioneer do you think that they benefit a lot from having such a good aggressive card or do you think this is enough to kind of make it put a deck like zombies on the map or it, what do you guys
2: you could, think of this sort of thing zombies i'd have to look at the list you know you do get to play i guess box and inquisition if you want to i've also seen a list that's uh Altar of Dementia rally the ranks combo deck, I believe, which plays kind of a decent value game, I guess, and also has a combo kill, so could see a lot of play there. But uh, I'm not I'm gonna be honest, I haven't put a ton of thought in, in the new cards. So uh yeah, it's kind of pure speculation.
1: Right. What about infernal grasp? One black, one color, instant destroy target creature, you lose two life.
2: Yeah, I mean, you love Death Shadow. That seems like a card that could be great in Death Shadow. I do feel like if uh, the flexibility is nice, but the, the loss of life adds up, especially if you're playing a control deck or if you're playing Thotsies. Um I feel like it's going to be exclusively good in Death Shadow decks, right? And kind of hard to justify in other decks because you already have Thoughtseize and all of these decks. You know, well, it's
1: think, a- maybe think about like Demir Control, like Blue like Black Control. That That is a deck that you know, occasionally sees play, play in Modern, and it try it. it always plays some amount of two-mana removal spells, but it never it can never find exactly the right one. It's, you know, is it meant to be Doom Blade? Is it meant to be Ultimate Price? Is it meant to be Heartless Act? And this card just kind of ignores all the possible restrictions, essentially, and it just says that if you want your Terminate, you can have your Terminate. A card like Heartless Act is terrible at the moment. It doesn't kill Mokhtade Region. This card kills Mokhtade Region. It only costs you two life and two mana. I don't know, I feel like this is a card that's kind of bound to show off at some point in time in decks that can't cast Terminate, but really want to deal with Tide. Oh, People aren't dealing damage in like in like small increments at the moment either. They're dealing huge chunks of damage. From from what I from my experience at the least. So I, I feel like the, the two life is not like that big of a cost in small numbers. I'm also just a huge, like, dismember guy, so I I'm not really afraid of two
2: life. It's not small numbers, though you already have your mana base that's gonna deal you damage and there's still these burns on on the you know on the rise again it's always super popular if you play magic online leagues it's a deck that you can play uh, you know lots of match in a short amount of time with so a uh, deck still popular i i don't see it i think two likes just too steep of a cost
1: I, w- I would say we should talk about consider which is the the opt variant which is you know one blue instant Surveil one, draw a card. So look at the top card of your library. If you, you can choose to put that card into your graveyard and then draw a card. I think that it immediately obsoletes art. Um, mm. And there's pretty o- much an auto-include there. We kind of touched on it a little bit. It's possible inclusion in Murtide. But I I, I I think it's an obvious hitter in modern, uh, this, this card. I, I presume you guys agree, but it's not particularly interesting to think about. It uh, doesn't open up brand new archetypes or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I think what I like the most about it is it's like with Channeler, you're you're dumping too. It's almost Thought Scare at that point. So I think it's gonna be at least tested for the first two weeks. I think it could easily be played in Murktide on you know like two three copies. Yeah, but I'd... the only problem is that you're you probably have to cut Sorceries at that point, and then it gets more awkward. But the surveil is probably worth it. I don't know i think it's good enough yeah i like the surveil too the, the
2: putting the card in the yard when you play so many fetch lands and the game can kind of go along is i feel like it adds up and it's one of the reasons why Chandler is so good you you know when you've been a land in the mid game it's you're never shuffling it back in it's it's really nice so yeah, that card that is going to be good. You know, we were talking about that Blue Moon deck that was already playing 4-up and 4-region, so you get, like, a super, super great upgrade. Also, decent for a you know, Snapcaster, yes, you know, maybe you, you surveil a, a path to Exile on turn one, and it's just sitting there in your graveyard chilling for you to flash it back, so... Uh, yeah. One, one thing I will, I will say,
1: and it's... Uh, as a negative, a negative for you're describing putting lands in your graveyard and then not being shuffled back in. That can actually be a downside if you're if you're bidding fetchables. like if you're bidding like the island, or if you're bidding like a Seren, a, a Shockland, or whatnot. You never get to fetch that back up. Whereas if you opt it to the bottom, at least you can go and uh, you can go and find it again. And I, and I have, you know you do push up against a uh, number of fetchables in a lot of these modern decks if the games go long. So I, I guess it's like a non.
2: A non-zero concern there i agree but i think overall it's an upside you know you're more often than not hearing me to have you put that card in the yard and not have to shuffle it back at some point
1: yeah i certainly agree with you that it, it it is more upside in that you know nine 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 percent of the cases what about rights of harmony all right green and white instant whenever a creature or enchantment enters the battlefield under your control this turn draw a card and it has flashback of uh two colors of green and a white Boy, that's yeah. nuts So like glimpse of nature that's so wonder, nuts
2: what's the what's the point of instant that's kind of surprising
0: uh i mean why know?
2: not you know it just makes it a little better i guess but also seems seems weird yeah it's claims for one more mana and it was flashback glimpse would not be playable in modern if it was legal right are
1: mm-hmm. you sure i mean elves is pretty close to good
2: yeah, but without the the whole like symbiote and stuff.
1: Yeah, you do like why
2: would symbiote. That's true.
0: Yeah, may okay, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's too expensive.
2: You go end of turn six mana right into collected company. No big deal. Two mana inspiration. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't I think that card's way too expensive. Oh. Any card like that is just way too expensive.
0: Wait, it's an instant because can you cast it in response to your opponent's casting a creature? Is that why?
2: No, it says under your control.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Then I have no clue why it's an instant. <laughs> All right, what about another
1: instant with flashback that has historical modern precedent, faithful mending, one mm-hmm. blue, one color, sorry, one blue, one white to cast, uh, gain two life, draw two cards, discard two cards, flashback, four, one, a white, and a blue. So, faithless looting for one more mana.
2: It's interesting. Okay, so. It's got a lot going for it. A lot of card selection. A lot of, you know, a lot of life. I don't think it's the kind of card that you really play for of, unless you're dedicated. I think it's you know, first thing is this card is good if you can use the graveyard in some fashion. Maybe, maybe in some kind of unburial rights deck or gifts on given deck. I'm not too sure. Um, I don't know if you guys have thought about specific shells or just kind of more of in general, um, but it could be good. What do you think, Harry?
0: When this card was spoiled, I was gonna tweet out like, um, "Oh, I can't wait to see what deck tier one deck spikes makes with this." So, because I think this card is exactly what Spike needs to to build a good modern deck. Some card like this, but I think honestly, uh, we're slowly getting to the point now where Arc Light Phoenix can come back. You have got Dragon Rage Channeler to naturally mill yourself. You got this new opt. Um, I feel like we're slowly getting there, and I think potentially Ar- Arc Arc Light Phoenix could make a return. It'd be a lot slower though, because we're never really going to get looting back, are we? But if you're if you're loaded up on channelers and stuff, maybe maybe it'll work.
1: Yeah, I mean they just printed demulich or whatever in uh, mm. the Dungeons of Dragons set. That card hasn't really found a home. Yeah, I, I, it's funny this this color porting it changes the way you look at the card and it's not a control card by any by any means like i mean looting is card disadvantage just straight up and down it's not it's not good enough but you know what what combo applications are there with this i i know when we were when um modern horizons 2 was uh, getting spoiled we we're talking about the kind of the suspend replenish that's a that's a card that, that benefits from having enchantments been put into the graveyard. So maybe it's a card that enables decks like that, or or adds adds add strength in those spots. People playing like Esper Animator, maybe it's good there. It's another way of getting creatures into the graveyard, so you can uh, cast Persist back on them. Yeah, this guy's got a chance, I think.
2: Yeah, I agree. Some kind. Uh, yeah, I want to say. Some kind of gifts on am given, you know, kind of these similar builds. A card that I think that's maybe like mid-range controlish, but also has some graveyard elements. I do think that card might be good enough, even even in control. Honestly, that's a lot of card filtering and the four life relevant in so many matchups. Um, you, you know, I'm excited to to see how this card plays out.
1: Yeah, that's definitely so. That's that's definitely the top of our listed hitters at the moment. Okay, I've got. Strain Rampage. Uh, One green, one red, one colorless for a sorcery. Destroy target artifact, enchantment, or land. If a land was destroyed this way, its controller may search search the library for up to two basic lands and put them into play tapped. Otherwise, its controller will search for one basic land and put it into play tapped, and it has flashback for three red and a green. So this is kind of... On its surface, it looks like a card that you cast on your opponent's permanence, but it's actually a ramp spell, so it's like Harrow... On the front side and then in the later game it can act as a disenchant on on various things and it can also just go ramp three into five so you can go on turn on turn three you ramp on turn four you untap with five mana and on turn five you can flash it back and ramp the seven for for turn five I'm guessing the versatility this card's got uh
0: gives, gives it some some kind of potential I think with this card is it's only playable with Flagstone, and if you have to play Flagstone, you know, it seems a bit awkward. I think it would go in an Elvish Reclaimer deck at best, maybe like one copy for that nut draw, but I don't see how it fits on the curve because you're looking to play Dryad and Reclaimer. So I think it's average. No, I don't even think it's average. I think it'll you'll be lucky if it's playable.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, yeah, That card does not strike me as especially playable, especially modern.
1: All right, I've got one more for you. All
2: right. All right, Sunset Revelry. One
1: white, one color, sorcery. If an opponent has more life than you, gain four life. If an opponent controls more creatures than you, create two one-one white human creature tokens. If an opponent has more cards in
0: hand than you, draw a card. Card draw in white? Excuse me? So it's like a baby timely enforcement.
1: Yeah, baby timely
0: with a counter potential. Wow, that's actually kind of, is that better than timely? Is that better looks, than blossoming column? I think it looks cool on paper,
2: but I think in practice it's going to end up being medium because I feel like you're almost never going to draw the cards. And here, here, here's, here's what I here's what I think about the
1: draw, the draw card clause than this. It means that if you have this in your main deck, then you can draw, you can cast it to make two 1-1s one and draw a card versus control decks.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't like it. I think that what I like about time is it's six life, two bolts. This is gain four life, which that feels like that's a lot easier to beat from burn because they only need one Boros Charm to get them back in.
2: Yeah, I think it. I don't know. I think it's kind of tough to rate. I have a hard time figuring out how often you're going to get to draw the cards. I don't know. Obviously, it's an exciting. You know, these cards are are kind of sweet. I think it might be good, but it, it, it's tough. I, I don't. I don't know. I, it's so hard to 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 rate new cards. Honestly, yeah. And I'm I, not I really good it. at it.
1: I'm not really I, good at it. I agree with Harry's assessment that. The difference between 6-life and 4-life is pretty significant, and I also agree with Gap's assessment. This is an incredibly difficult card to rate, because it's very hard to get a feel for how often the other trigger goes off, because you, you know roughly how hard it is to trigger timely reinforcement both sides in the right matchup, but where do you, when do you get the, to trigger this other, other ability in that matchup? It's pretty hard, I think, but... Yeah, obviously in the burn matchup, if you're on the control side versus burn, it's obviously really hard. But can you imagine this in the burn mirror, though? It's kind of
0: sick. Mm. I guess so. But I'm just thinking, like, I think I prefer Blossoming Calm to this card. Yeah, you've played a
1: little bit of that card recently. That's the rebound. You gain Hexproof, gain 2 life card, right?
0: Yeah, and (laughs) I killed someone with it. I killed someone with it. Uh, There's that combo deck in Modern. It's like three mana. It's like flip the top card till, till you hit a spell and then deal damage equal to the spell. And they f- and I I, I cast Blossoming Calm in Common response and you have to target something. So they had to target themselves and they hit Emrakul. So they dealt fifteen damage to themselves.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: Calibrate. Just like you drew it up.
1: Well, I, I have no other cards that I really wanted to talk about too much that have jumped off the page of Mythic Modern. Um, maybe when the full spoilers out, we can revisit that. But
2: mm-hmm. thank you for indulging
1: yeah. me and telling me every card that I thought
2: of was bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of rough. I, I didn't. I didn't do my homework with the spoilers, and maybe we can try and do that for next week.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So, should we do prices right?
2: Sure, price is right first,
0: and then life on the line. Yeah, this yeah. life on the, the line going to be the, pretty the boring. Prices right, where we
2: all, will, will we all
1: guess at the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah write yeah. it down.
1: Good. What? What card?
2: Uh, what card? Why don't we just do Chase the mine Sculpture?
1: Well, I like that. That's pretty hard, actually.
2: I think I know. I think
0: I know. Well, you have an edge, I guess. Because I, I sold three this past year.
2: All right. Well, this way it'll make the, the your defeat even even sweeter. All right. Uh, Chase the mine Sculpture. I have no clue.
0: Let's see. Right. I've got a number in my head.
2: I need Wait, I which need...
0: which art, which art? Oh, just yeah, original. original printing, please. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Countdown. Mm,
2: give me a sec. Are we doing euros or, yeah, euros? Yeah, yeah, in euros. All right. I've got a
0: price written down. Okay. Three. Two, one, 65. fifty-five euros. Wait, 65. what did you guess,
2: Sarah? I guess 65. sixty-five euros exactly as well. I said oh, fifty-five. Okay. So fifty-five, okay.
0: and we both said sixty-five. The thirty-day price trend is forty-seven euros. Ah, right. fish. So that's great. I sold mine for like sixty pounds each. Wow. Pounds. Maybe a yeah. crash
2: hole. Maybe this one was it's possible because people are playing more to fairies now in modern maybe
0: it's just less played in modern maybe it's because of covid too it's been reprinted so many times i think that's the as well but um because you love
1: to reprint jace
0: yeah but um okay cool life on the line those who don't know, it's a theoretical tournament tour. If you win the event, you live. If you lose, you die. We're gonna bring a decklist for every format that we talked about today. So I guess we'll do modern and historic. For me, I'm gonna play Blue Red Merc Tide in Modern. What a surprise, I don't want to die. And in Historic, I'm screwed, so I guess I'll play Goblins.
1: <laughs> Great choice. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I play in historic. I didn't even think we were gonna do historic.
0: Okay, well then just whatever.
1: Alright, I'll play I'll play uh inter- expressive creativity in um in in historic before they ban it and uh, i'll play blue red murktite in modern because obviously best deck forever and ever and ever
2: yeah i'm playing blue red murktite in in modern no questions and in historic i think i'm going to play the blue white deck i've been playing blue white control was argument charm was the new cycling card but i'm gonna try and make room for four copies of portable hold because i've struggled against like fast, really fast uh, creature draws, whether it's from elves or white or merfolk. So maybe one in two, or two in the main and up to four after sideward side ward. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going with in
0: historic. Awesome. And I guess to finish off the episode, Gab, where can we find you on the internet? Twitch.tv
2: slash I stream uh, most days. And uh, on Twitter, at
0: GavNasif. Awesome. You can find me anywhere on the internet at HarryMTG. You should expect a paper, paper video coming out this week for Card Market. The last one in the bank. So if you want to see me play, I think I can spoil Well, it's a control deck in modern. Then uh, keep an eye on their channel. Shout out to Card Market for sponsoring the cast. Pat, where can we find you?
1: Um, I don't know at the moment. You can probably find me like lying at home recovering from being really unwell for the last few weeks. <laughs> but it's nice to be back on the cast, though.
0: Awesome. Okay, if you made it this far into the episode, thank you so much for listening. I guess we'll catch you guys next week. Later, everyone. Namaste.